this week on Ace on the House. Same kind of story happened to me with Gino. Remember Gino? There was a girl in the apartment that I lived in on Whipple that, you know, I was talking to her and I go, yeah, my brother's, you know, boogie board and fins are missing. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Oh, that was Gino. Oh, mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you. Uh-huh. Walk over to Gino's house, knock on the door, dad answers the door. Gino here? Yeah, he is. Who are you? I go, my name's Ray. Can you get him, please? Comes to the door, dad standing behind him. Gino, you took my brother's fins and boogie board. Here's the deal. If they're not on my front door before sundown, I'm beating your ass. Bye. <laughs> Left. What was there before sundown? Boogie board and fins, baby. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday. Or visit aceonthehouse.com. Only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. Welcome, podcasters. The beginning of our show, as we always do, we um, do a little bit of music and continuing our jazz um, history series. And we're up to uh, Cole Porter, very talented writer, Broadway mostly. Um, but the, the talent of both writing the music and the lyrics um, is, is really an extraordinary talent. So jazz has clearly hooked on to him and his melodies, and his wonderful lyrics as well. One, two, a one, two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome podcasters. On our show today, we're just going to finish up a couple of key points with fathers, and then we'll hope to move on to something I'm going to be calling um, how would you describe your present situation and ideas regarding a more meaningful way of organizing your life, upgrading your life. So we'll um, give you a couple of parameters of that. So we're going to be thinking about our life right now, the situation of where we live, how we live, uh, on a way to a little deeper look. But anyway, for, for fathers, let's just end this part of it. The major point we made that father's role is much more important than it's been ever highlighted in research and study related to child development. Pretty much very strong in the area that really has been neglected is the introduction of the toddler to the world and to the world. That's always been a, a shadowy figure in the background. Um, but the toddler time was very important. That's when a mother, the very locked into the mother uh, nurturing cycle, and it needs the dad to help, uh, particularly a male baby, um, to begin to come more to the outside world, to the way he plays with him and get things they do together. So we pointed that out a little bit too. Now, there's an important time in adult life. That's the, all our people out here listening and uh, Ray and Gary, myself on the station. Um, father and son's relationship, where they need to go beyond the complexities of the early family life. In other words, themes and habits all built up in the norm, um, the regular life. And we need to begin to explore their individual selves more. In other words, the hidden self. What the two grew up in the family had a lot to do with the family dynamics. How, 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 how involved was the father, the engagement of it, mother's situation, the relationship between mother and father, a lot of complexities, um, siblings all around, and that there's a kind of something I'm calling a hidden self, a self that they maybe never got to. Both father and son seem to have buried their vulnerability inside their own persona to hide the emotional family scars. So in one way, fathers and sons haven't met yet. Um, <laughs> strange as that may sound, in Ray and I's case, both of our parents, the fathers are dead. Uh, Gary's dad's still alive. So there might be some room for exploring there. What if you feel like you, you really kind of never met your father? I don't think I ever really knew my dad. You know? Yeah. So, and I think there's a lot of, of guys my age or, you know, that feel that they never really met their father. That's right. Yeah, that's yes, yes, usually what people say. Um, my, my adult males will say, you know, in a lot of cases, the people that really are very strong with their father, but in a lot of cases, um, it was like they never really knew him. Um, and it's almost as though if our fathers aren't there anymore, we need to begin to do that in our own minds since we don't have him anymore uh, and be, make some changes in our own uh, intrapsychic life related to our fathers 
In Gary's case, his father's still alive, so that would, that would be a, a different thing. So they begin to see the neediness, which was got hidden, the fears, and all the ways they needed um, each other. They needed each other all the, uh, with compassion and support and understanding as they navigated through the m- many, many dimensions of family. There's a way they really needed each other. And though it may have not come out, because neither one of them, the father didn't know how to do it, and the son didn't know how to ask for it. So, um, so the vulnerability has never been touched. And part of that is the hidden self that never came out. So if your dad's alive today, we can begin to search for that, and we'll more talk about that with the podcasters. So the hope is that the father and son relationship can um, be mature enough to reconstruct, to reconstruct the early family dramas that form the inner layers of resistance. Uh, almost like to go over it again if your parents are alive and begin to see uh, that the resentment. There's resentments that are built up. When resentments are built up in people, they, well, they, even if they're in small ways, they, they're, they're walls against other people in the world. You may find that in professionally at work, in your relationships with uh, girlfriend, marriage, um, that there's a, there's a resistance that's there. Sometimes it's just a nuance. It's not strong. But it's enough that it doesn't allow the two to come together. So we need to look at that for the podcast audience and ask themselves that question. What resentment is between my father and myself? Just that question alone. And then steps to repair the relationship and heal the old wounds. A lot of times psychotherapy could help with that. I've had a fair amount of fathers come in with their sons and even grandfathers. And they did, those people did some nice work with repairing that. So that's another area. For the sons and, whose fathers are not available, which was Ray and I, or emotionally, or physically, or deceased, in Ray and I's situation, then there's a work to be done at the intrapsychic realm. In other words, they're not here, so we can't speak to them. But at the intrapsychic realm, that part inside ourselves, that is only within themselves, in their minds and hearts and psychology, and, and that they can begin to have a different dialogue with their father. I actually found my dad today again. I had him, um, you know, he was uh, cremated, and I found his box. I put him inside with my mom. Oh. I'm not even kidding. Uh-huh. Oh. That, how was that for you? What, to see him again? Um, I, don't know, I, got, I was kind of cheery about it. Mm-hmm. At first, and then I said, hey, Dad, I'm going to put you inside and put you next to Mom for a while. Oh. See how you guys work it out. But I have a dialogue in my head with him, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. And um, he was like a – like he was never available at, at a really – at any kind of depth level. And when I look back at my relationships like you were just talking about, there's a way that I stop, you know, that I, I've mimicked him. In a big way, so um, that was something something to look at. Hmm. But he's all right; he's doing all right. 
Mark? He died in 95, you know that? It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, father died in 49. That's a long time. I wasn't born. <laughs> 49, really? Yeah. Well, he was killed and I wasn't. And died of natural causes. Um, so this requires the sun to mourn. Maybe just as Ray just got a touch of it then. The sun to mourn um, for the idealized father. The father we would have liked to have had, you know. We saw that father in other people in other places and mourn that that's the, the father that maybe wasn't in front of us. So maybe when Ray put those ashes in with his mother, he could have felt something like that. By the way, I think i got to get rid of those ashes too, both of them, you know, because I have this thing with a attachment. And, you know, I was just cleaning up today, earlier this morning. I threw away a Time magazine from like 1990. I threw away a bunch of – I mean, it's unbelievable – the stuff that I have. And then, I, you know, my mom recently passed, and actually now it's about, what, four years or so? Three or four, mm. I think. Yes. And, um, like, I have her fucking slippers. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I donated it. Mm. Feeling better. Yeah. So all this um, requires now, <clears throat> at um, an adult age, for all us and the podcast people out there, um, the idealized father, if your father's still alive, then that's a, you can meet him again. And it's a way to think about, how could I meet my father? What would be a way to approach him about um, working on our relationship um, more for that part that didn't come out then? So that's... that's and if they're not available... Remember that intrapsychic realm, a realm where we think about it, we talk about it, bring it to therapy for in therapy. In other words, we're going to do an inner work with it since we don't have dad around. I never brought my, my dad to you, did I? No. No. Yeah, he wasn't up for it. I know I asked a, f- a few times. Mom oh, yeah. came. Yeah, your mom came. Yeah, but not my dad. So, yeah, that's right. He didn't. Uh, yeah, he was alive then, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's right, he died in 95. And I've been seeing you since 49. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I've been seeing you since I was 30, so 18 years. Yeah, okay. he was alive. He was alive then. So, okay, podcasters, you understand that idea of the intrapsychic realm, that if dad's not available. There's still a lot of work to be done. work to be done. Okay, now we're getting to the new part of the show. Um, hey, before that, Jim, yeah. can we um, can we thank uh, some sponsors here? Yeah. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla, and this is a plea because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Okay, so we finished with fathers, at least we have a brief look at the father relationship. And um, so we're thoughtful about father. In fact, Father's Day, when does that come? June, does it? You don't know? 
Seventeenth, uh, yeah. <laughs> usually. Dads and grads. Dads and grads. Hey, Jim, you know what? With dads and grads, Gary, this PayPal thing, can we put it on the screen so I can know what they're saying? Yeah, I mean, well, basically, we just need people to go to acejimcarolla.com and uh, continue to donate to the PayPal. It's been going really well. Adam's very pleased, but uh, we got to keep it up. So go to acejimcarolla.com and click on the PayPal button. And thank you to everyone who's been donating. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Yes. And then, wait, is that we're supposed to be pleased too, though, right? Or just Adam? I guess it's just Adam that needs to be pleased. That you got a point. Listen, Adam's happy. We're all happy. So thank you, Jim. You happy? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you sounded convincing. What's this part trois? What's this part two, Jim? Okay, we ready for part two? We're rolling, baby. Okay. So part two now. We're going to kind of. Kind of st- a way of stopping or the, stop, stepping back and looking at our lives. How would you describe podcasters? How would you describe your present situation? There's a way you can begin to think about it. We're always like running and running, and nothing brings us back to really see what's going on. Think about your situation and ideas regarding a more meaningful way of organizing, upgrading our lives. So that's the idea of it. So let's step back. Let's start with a point. My personal living space. Let's all go back to that. Important, um, not just a place of where you dwell, but a place where you're like comfortable or it feels like home. Some people just like, you know, hang, hang out at their house. They just dwell there. But how does your place feel to you? You know what? I did something in my place the other day. First of all, I threw out this rug that I had. It was like a shag rug, wool, you know, really mm-hmm. thick. And it was like having a fucking pet because <laughs> you had to sweep every other day. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I threw out that that rug. That cost me, you know, about 700 bucks, believe it or not. But it wasn't worth it. Right. And then you know what I did to my um, couch and chairs? I cut down the legs. And made him like um, two and three eighths shorter, every one. So it's really low slung, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I lowered my TV a little bit too, and I made it super cozy, warm, and mm-hmm. and right when I walk in, so I feel mm-hmm. really comfortable. And I cleared all the shit out of out of it, you know. And so now I have just a concrete floor with um, lacquer finish. I have running lights around the whole bottom. I have the fireplace. You know, all the furniture's been lowered, and I have my music back. So I made it. I made it like a place I want to be, wow, or you know, I connect mm-hmm. with. Yeah, that's really hitting the question right on the head, as you all heard um, Ray's description. Um, oh, yeah. and I bought I bought a cow skin for cow my new skin. rug. Yeah. Ah, okay. So he's making it cozy in that house. Gary, I don't know your situation. You have an apartment? Yes, I do. I have an apartment in North Hollywood. Okay, how's... With a six-shooter next to the bed. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was only in Tucson. Okay. So, we're looking at first the dwelling, places where we live. What what would you, in your mind, look around your apartment? How does it feel to you? Uh, It feels like me. I've put a lot... I've bought a lot of art that I didn't have when I moved in there, and... 
steadily expanded that around the place. I just hung three new things the other day and it just, I feel like, uh, I feel like a friend of mine could walk in there not knowing it's my place and identify that it was, uh, I feel like I could blindfold a friend of mine and lead them into that room and they would know it was my place kind of immediately. Okay. Is it a one bedroom apartment? Yeah. Okay. So that was, as you listen to Gary saying, put artwork in this apartment. And it's something that uh, feels like his place now. So, um, and podcasters yourself, take a thought if you're, you know, you're probably at home now. Um, how does it feel to me? Is there something missing at this house that could I use a little bit of this or a little softer place there? And the lighting, how's the lighting? you have a place where if you wanted a little privacy or darkness? Um, so we're beginning by first looking at our personal space. You see, and we're going to move step by step. I mean, I have, uh, Lynn and I have a, a nice little house in Altadena um, right across from Eaton Canyon. It's really Wild, beautiful there. Wildlife preserve, yeah. I have the mountains around, so when I take a walk at night, I walk right at the foot of the mountains there. It's very it's very quiet. But we're both getting old and uh, Lynn says she's having difficulty now. It's so, The house is so much work for her. So we're, we're thinking about somewhere down the line scaling down because when you get old then that's a whole other part about what you can do um, and whether you're able to take care of it. And she's very good at that. She works very hard at that. Um, but uh, uh, old folks sometimes have to find places where they. That's where funny they that you mentioned that. I, when I went to your house, I did notice it was um, very kept, very clean, very organized. Like the transitions, you don't see any stuff undone. Mm. And I know that ain't your work. <laughs> I know that's well, her work. I'm directing it, and <laughs> she's doing it. But, but that's that. No, she's very organized. like everything's kept. You know, it looks it's very presentable. Oh, okay. So it's not like, hey, somebody's coming over. Let's, you know, like I, yeah, let's get it together. Which I do. I have a, a spare bedroom, which I would do. You know, when somebody was coming over, which nobody's been over in quite some time, I would put everything into the spare bedroom and close the door. It was like a shadowy thing, you know. It was like a hidden. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Okay, so we're starting with personal space. We're just going to move up and move into different things, but right now let's all kind of think about our personal space and what we might want to either move around or change or something. The second is important to me not to lose sight of my personal relationships. Now, here's another part. The relationships uh, between myself and other people in my life, whether I'm a co-worker, whether I'm uh, professionally, uh, my situation professionally, the subordinates, or I am a co-worker, or I run the situation, or something. And then whatever family, people. Um, so the second part's to do with relationship, my personal relationships in my life. So let's, podcasters and the three of us here, let's begin to think about that. Personal relationships. Other people in my life. 
some dead silence going on, Jim. What? There's some dead silence going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I've recently been through a breakup, which took most of my personal relationship time. So, I, but I f- found others, or reconnected with, um, you know, for instance, your son and some other relationships that I've had for that you t- almost take for granted. You know, I mean, and that's been a pretty tough road, you know, because you take the failure of your relationship and you kind of project it onto whatever you're dealing with that's in front of you. And that's you got to watch. You got to be careful of that. And then I've made some new friends, too, like Gary, for instance, here. And we hang out a little bit and go play golf and such. And that's been um, quite a good time, I have to say. Mm -hmm. So that's um, I'm grateful for that. Definitely. Oh, good. He's uh, not a bad golfer either. He's taught uh, me a lot. Uh, yeah, it actually, I, I got to agree with Ray. It's been really nice. You know, Ray and I had a, a purely professional yet friendly relationship for a long time. And lately we've started hanging out and going to play golf. And it's really enjoyable. It's nice. Uh, good. Good. Gary got a good swing. Mm. Gary's been doing it for 15 years. Ray's been doing it for 15 days, and Ray's got a pretty good swing himself. I'm a natural athlete, Jim, in case you didn't know. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's painful, people. It is painful. Okay, so podcasters, we're on this number two. How about this. your personal relationships? Um, let's see. I'm at a stage in my life where... I'm, you don't want any? <laughs> I've had it with people. You know, uh, done. Uh, Leave me alone. Look at the phone and it's ringing and no go. Right. No, I'm uh, – first place, I'm in a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm really – I'm reluctant to – once I get my stuff done for the day and the evening, I really want to – I don't really want to go out. That's the time I have my walk and um, kind of con- contempl- con- contemplating time. I have an evening walk that I um, use for that. Um, but other than that, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, the couple of organizations I belong to, I know people. Uh, work, the Zen kind of work that I'm in. There are people there, and uh, we speak. And I work in the library in that area, so we we have some intimate talks about important things that I work in the library with. Um, <coughs> You're not afraid to go outside, are you? No. Because I remember my mom was afraid to go outside before she died. Oh. You know, that was that kind of factor. You know, didn't want to go out because she was so frail, you know, afraid of falling and stuff like that. And then I remember my dad before he died because he had three heart attacks in like a year and a half. I remember how um, when he was out, he was always frantic. You know, like he had no control. His body and mind weren't simpatico at all. You know, and you could just see it on him like, oh, wow. You know, and I and I have a little of that. But, you know, I see it more deeply than he ever saw himself. But look, watching my dad prior to his death, you could see that, you know, he was like a spun-out chicken. Hmm. You know. Okay, so the fear... Of being in the, you know, all, all the people know, um, I, and I know myself that <clears throat> my balance is I'm very, I could fall very easily. Uh, once I get down, I can't get up. It's the whole, um, so all that, trying to get around, get up, get down, 
is um, I'm, a, I'm a good walker and I walk uh, as a big part of my um, exercise. Um, but mine feels just more contemplative, like a contemplative, that I'd rather be home and working on my thoughts and writing, and I do a lot with music, so I'm plowing new grounds in that area. I do a lot. I play a lot during the day to improve that. Are you doing most of this the stuff alone, or do you do it with Lynn? Or is, it sounds like most uh, of your stuff is is solitary. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Um, I walk. They walk at night. Lynn doesn't walk at night. Um, that that I do alone. Um, Lynn and I uh, <clears throat> we go to mass every morning, and that's our first place. That's something that we share together um, and talk about where we are in our life. Uh, Lynn is 72. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> how, how old are you, Jim? I'm, I'm 80. And so she might be, wait a minute, she's Cradle 10 robber. years old. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, 70. I don't know when they got together. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's in. She's gonna be all pissed because she's not seventy. I'm not seventy. I'm. But no, she's a very she's very very hardy and moves and um, maintains her her body. I mean, like she's she doesn't look like a seventy. Not at know, all. No, and, and she works and does she does uh, tai chi and yoga and. Uh, really works on herself, but she moves a lot. She's really, um, she's always doing some kind of job, and she works on the house. She fixes things, because <laughs> I can't fix <laughs> anything. So she does all the fixing, and she knows how to do all kinds of stuff. Like, let's say if the, the disposal's busted, who's um, going at it? Um, or you're not even walking in the kitchen. You know, I stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> I threatened with them that I'll be dead in another day unless you get this fixed. And that usually alarms her and she gets to work. <laughs> Something like that. <clears throat> but That's probably pretty close to the truth. <laughs> right. Even then, we, and, um, we, now we begin to use plumbers, all those people. Like, do you cook and stuff like that? Do you do anything like that? Oh, no. I do something for myself. I make myself lunch, and you know, she does the evening the evening meal. We, we, brought, we usually buy things to bring in <laughs> uh, rather than that. Um, I, you know, I just say you have my usual salt water and hard tack and wheatgrass. That's about it. Uh, the days of hamburgers are over. And, um, anyway, yeah, so my life is, is a, a more solitary life at this, at this point. Um, all right, now, uh, how are we doing on time? Okay. Um, now, number three. Oh, here, here's something I just tacked on this morning. Is it possible that I have not ever experienced or recognized a genuine ethical moment in my life. High standards of conduct, honesty, a kind of 
noble goodness, um, a reverence for whatever's in front of me. It's a very important uh, We could live and die and never have a genuine ethical <coughs> moment. It's big. It's a big question to really look at our lives. Now we say, yeah, but I, I tell the truth mostly. and I, But now I'm talking about a little deeper level of ever experience. When you really look at this uh, or recognize a genuine ethical moment in my life, truly, deeply honest moment. And the reverence, that's an interesting word. Practices, you can look that word up and see what it says. Uh, we all have a general idea. It's mostly to do with, um, we hear it in religions and so on. But the reverence I'm talking about is that what's ever in front of me, I really have a sense of more of the, the essence of what's happening or the person. Um, and really in attempting not to not to um, make it worse, not to uh, add more negativity to it. So that word reverence is one we'll be kind of kicking around here. It's not so much of the religious idea as that could I be truly honest and as ethical as I can be <clears throat> in the moment with the people in my life. That that right there is a, a lifelong work. Life, absolutely, lifelong work. And but even to even to um, recognize it at at that moment, you know, I mean, most people are most of us are coming in with, you know, an agenda or, you know, projecting whatever or not even co- cognizant or conscious of what they might be bringing. Yeah. You know, like I definitely, within the last couple of months, know that um, I'm bringing a weight to whatever I'm engaged in, mm. you know, and I can see it and I can feel it yeah. and then I can not participate in it as much. Yeah. But I'll, and I definitely see that um, it leads to an isolation that I'm used to, you know, that I know very well. Mm. And I've been coming out of it and, um, you know, it, it's a, are you participating? Are you isolating? What are you doing? You know, what's your what's your presence there? Right. You know, I've definitely because I've you know I even Gary asked me a couple of times you know right when six months ago or so he goes are you all right you know and mm-hmm. I go ah yeah I'm all right but I'm going through it you know oh, I'm sorry mm. you know so you could see it you know you could feel it on somebody yeah yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's Ray's making a, uh, making a point that the podcasters you can bring in as an example of this idea. So we have made so many choices in the different levels of our life and development before we had at all, or had all been rooted in a greater self. <coughs> in other words, all our lives, I know my life, this late time of my life, um, all the things, all the people, the relationships, and all, all of that. Um, we have to think we're almost like starting again. We might have made all those choices before we were rooted in a greater self. Well, everybody knows that angry guy who's always angry, you know, or always got something going on. Everybody knows that the guy who's kind of a pussy, 
you know, everybody has labels like that for some of their friends or people they know. And it's mm-hmm. like they, you know, they attach themselves to that before there was any self. And that's what you identify with. Like I'd be obnoxious prankster guy or zany or whatever you want to call it. But it's yeah. not me. Right. So we're, so we're, we're, we lived up to the point we are not, most of us not rooted in this, I'm calling a greater self. Um, uh, later on, we're going to get into more with that. Um, that's a whole uh, lecture in its uh, show in its in itself. Um, but in the meantime, what do you have going to on? Yeah, <laughs> we have to live. We have to um, now. In this, before we can move even gradually to closer to this, what I'm calling this higher self or greater self. In the meantime. There's our life right now. So if we strive always and everywhere to influence, even obey, the evolution of this journey of the higher self, in other words, that we're moving towards it, we're taking the means, we're taking the things to do, we're doing our work on ourselves, even though we're maybe having... um, we got far into this, what I'm calling the higher self, our greater self. We're not, we've done all this other stuff not rooted in that part of ourselves. So it's almost as though we're making our life over again, um, gesture by gesture, moment by moment. We strive to get closer to that self. So we'll be making decisions and choices from a deeper place. Okay. So that's the beginning. We're going to stay in this area a while, go to different places professionally and um, intimate relationships and um, family. We have siblings and parents and, you know, something where we're trying to begin to Realize a lot of that's been done before us really came from um, a splintered self. What would it be like? Would it be like to have a more whole self in in my world now, rather than the splintered uh, rogue cells that we developed over the years? Okay, so that's our kind of to- uh, topic matter. See if that interests you. That and begin to take. A, we're all going to begin to take a look at our lives. And starting from where our personal spaces to what we're doing professionally, and really question that. How did I get there? Go over that part. And personal relations, how are we doing in that area? Uh, and this reverence for life, this part of uh, taking that out of the religious world and using it in the, in the normal world. Um, how was ever in front of me um, not to make that um, worse than what it was before it came in front of me, before I put my darkness, my splintered self on it. Um, Having a reverence for life, for everything, for the animals, the people, that for a moment we take, get a little deeper and have a sense of What's the best way to be with this 
person, the most productive way. Anyway, we're just... And that harkens back to your Jesus message of um, compassion. Yeah? Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having um, compassion and respect for others. Anyway, that's where we're going to move. We're going to go into that area we just started today. Uh, so if you want to join us, folks, in investigating this possibility of reform the whole life not rooted in our uh, higher self, what would it be like from now on in to try to be heading in that direction, moment by moment? Okay, so with that, we'll stop and we'll thank you for people that are... Uh, Say thanks, podcasters. Oh, yeah, thanks, <laughs> podcasters, and uh, I'll see you next week. One, two, oh, one, two, three, four. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. 